Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Every week on Jordan, Jesse Go, Jordan and I sit down with one of our favorite funny men or women and just shoot the breeze. Or people, Jesse. Some funny people. Don't think gender is a binary. That's true. It's a and spectrum, I personally, Jordan. I don't appreciate you putting our favorite funny people into your boxes. Fair <laughs> enough, Jordan. <laughs> you cisgendered, privileged motherfucker. You know what, Jordan? I can't tell if this is satire or not. <laughs> I sincerely agree with you. <laughs> and I'm about 90% sure yeah. that you also sincerely mean what you're saying. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, please don't interpret this <laughs> as... Anyway. Yeah. How's it going, Jordan? I'm doing good, Jesse. How's your Max Fun Drive treating you? Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been great to uh, it's been great to hear from all the people who are out there supporting the show. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as you'll hear a little bit later in the program, uh, I will soon be posting an embarrassing video that will desexualize me to everyone. <laughs> yeah. That is exciting. Oh, that telltale laugh. Yes. I don't. Normally, we gab gab a little bit before we introduce our guest, but I think he just introduced himself. I'm sorry. He's not only the host of MaximumFun.org's Pop Rocket, he's also the host of the upcoming television program talk show, The Game Show, on True TV. His name, Mr. Guy Branham. Good to be here. I mean, but really, can't Jesse just have one? Max Fun Drive once every couple of years where the video makes him sexier. Like one where it's just you, Debonair, yeah. getting in and out of Jaguars. <laughs> we talked about that? We Not, talked about we that. we think it's illegal to fuck a Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how Debonair you are. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would like that. I personally would like some sort of Max Fun thing that, that made me uh, seem attractive or cool, but it seems like all of our related stunts are humiliating. Well, I think that we all, each, uh, like, uh, a Guy and I both made videos where we brought flowers to Max Fund donors, mm-hmm. which you can watch in the, uh, which you can watch in the Max Fund Facebook group or on Reddit, uh, various different places. That was the most fun thing to do. It, it was, was the most fun thing to do. The greatest. It was the greatest. And that made us seem cool. <laughs> Shit, it made man. us seem, like, classy and Jordan, you missed out. You had to work late. It wasn't your fault. No. You had to work late. It wasn't. You missed out on your one shot at dignity. <laughs> well, also just like going into the home, like random weeknight visit to the home of yeah. a Pop Rocket listener was just like, oh, God, I know this girl. Like she's <laughs> she was essentially me at 27. And yeah. it was it was really fun. And to, to get to the door, did she have to put down her knitting? <laughs> It, like it was awesome because she had an adorable little home and she had like a projector so so she could show television or movies on her like it was like small enough that it's like this girl's getting by while she's figuring things out but also had those little touches yeah. of like I lead the best life I can that were just so much fun. I'm always jealous of people who have a movie projector. Yes. At least who like project on the wall of their home or god forbid on the side of their house from their backyard. Yeah. It always 
I'm like, fuck, man, this person has it together. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, so I guess I should say what this video is. I think we uh, uh, we talk about it a little bit in the pledged break, which we recorded earlier. But for your benefit, guy, what I will be doing because people donated to Maximum Fun at maximumfun.org/donate is I will be making a video um, that is a that is a a a a version of the viral video wherein someone puts a cat brush in their mouth that is shaped like a tongue. Like a giant a, human tongue. It is called a licky brush, and I will be brushing my cat with a false tongue. <laughs> so it's there you go. Sickening. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I think it'll be, um, you know, fun for you guys to watch, certainly. Um, but yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm not excited about it being out there personally, but it will be if because I'm a man of my word. If we're remaking viral videos, can we get Margaret Wappler a, a yellow sweater and me a walker and Karen Tongson a suit and have her talk about Korean politics for a while and then Margaret struts in and then I come <laughs> in behind and then Winter snatches us. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is this you viral seen video? The thing where the where the little kids come in behind the guy talking on the BBC on Skype. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sure. I mean, I like that pitch. I'm just going to throw out another one. Yes. Damn, Branham. <laughs> Back at it again with the red sweater. He's wearing a great red sweater. Um, guy, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. You're a television star now. It's very well, it's true TV, so <laughs> only marginally. Uh, it is only in a time of a thousand channels. True TV, the Fairbanks network. Yeah. <laughs> The network that Fairbanks made is what they call it. I know. It's it's pretty exciting when you find out that somebody you know has had a TV show for three years. <laughs> <laughs> you were never really aware of it. It's this like, is the new media landscape. <laughs> Your friends can have secret TV shows. We should we Brooke should. Von explain. Poplin, how do you know Kevin Pereira? Oh, we've had a TV show for several years. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting. We, we should explain that uh, Guy Branham has a new show coming out on uh, True TV, uh, which is they're starting to produce little 30-minute content bites mm. uh, that go before and after episodes of Impractical Jokers. <laughs> <laughs> it was a radical structure for television, mm -hmm. but they thought it was worth going ahead with. So this no. is like a Talking Dead thing? Are you talking jokers? Are you <laughs> yes, just going to exactly. dissect the episode of Practical Jokers with your celebrity friends? It's I was disappointed with this episode. <laughs> Frankly, the joke was quite practical. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was one of the most fun things we ever had to do when working on Billy on the Street was when he went to True TV. They were trying to figure out so hard how to do an Impractical Jokers Billy on the Street mashup. Mm. Um, <laughs> to create a unified True TV-averse. Exactly. Um, and it was so exciting. And like all of the pitches just centered around Billy gets a venerated actress who was on Broadway at the time. And the Impractical Jokers guys get to be in her ear, and she's in a fast food place, and she has to play pranks on people, <laughs> according to their will. It was like, Dame Judi Dench was there doing the queen, not the queen, the crown, the audience, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there was Kathy Bates was mentioned, and I was just like, I, I wanted that more than me having a TV show. <laughs> You wanted to make it so Kathy Bates had to go into a Wendy's and pretend to have diarrhea in one of the trash cans. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> because the commitment. Sure, like, yes. It would have been beautiful. But my show, uh, Talk Show the, the Game, Game show, show, coming out April 5th, 
at 10 p.m. on True TV is a TV version of my live show, which I believe both of you gentlemen have done, right? Yeah, and had a fucking blast. Yeah, I kicked the, the shit out show. of Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> yeah. Suck it, Middleditch. Did you win? Have fun on HBO. <laughs> no, I think I did not win, no. But you, like... Jesse, of course, has his like talk show host skills, um, but jo- I also did not win. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan has a smoothness that is very well suited to talk show the game show. Nice of you to say, thank yes. you. I like I, I I I enjoyed my time on talk show the game show very much. Well, talk I- show the game show is, by the way, what the name implies. It is a talk show hosted by Guy in which points are awarded during the course of the show for people effectively doing talk show things like sharing fun anecdotes and dropping names. Yeah, and so it's forth. goddamn hilarious. Yeah, it's the, one of the funniest things. Having another person explain my stupid party game is really amusing. Do you to me. do you still have the t- I know I don't know how much has changed from stage to screen. Uh. But do you still have the convention of having a a a hot heterosexual male comedian and objectifying him? Look, it is actually one of the few parts of the show that we had to take out for the sake of time. <laughs> Forever, Whitmer Thomas... There's just not enough time for all the objectification. Well, the, hey, the reason I always had a hot, straight guy on the stage was there needed to be one thing there that frightened me. It was <laughs> There needed to be a gun on stage that could be pointed at me at any time. And, you know, if, if that guy didn't laugh at my joke, I had to be destroyed inside while still having to host a show. That makes a lot of sense. Guy, you're a grown adult. You need to start getting interested in hot gay guys. (laughs) (laughs) An important part of... Far be it from me to tell you how to live your life, Guy. Okay. Uh, Two things, Jesse. Yeah. First one is, an important part of gay culture is never growing up. Uh Uh-huh, fair. (laughs) Maybe at one point in time when we have all of the... Oh, we straights are into that, too, now. (laughs) Yeah, it's something we taught you guys, like voguing or wearing (laughs) V-necks. Thank you, by the way. Another thing we appropriated. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But also, I mean, the thing is, is like, if it's... if it's a gay guy, uh, like when we did it at South by Southwest, we used Joel Kim Booster, who, of course, is the most beautiful oh, sure. and the gayest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but God, then, That guy's so funny. Then it just becomes sad. And also then there are three gay guys on stage, at which point in time, equity r- rules say that one of us has to tuck our, gen- our genitals up inside of ourselves and, right. and tape them down. <laughs> right. Or else you have to take a meal penalty. <laughs> I know about it. I know about equity. Um, so who is – okay. Now, I know this is not part of the have show. You, can but, I ask you guys a quick yeah. question? Have you guys ever – Ever tucked your genitals just for the health insurance? <laughs> yeah, it's what we call golden time. <laughs> I don't know that anyone will get these jokes. Yeah. Um, who? Okay. Now I know it's not part of the TV show, but yes. but if you know, talk show the game show becomes huge, and and you can reincorporate this. Do you have a dream straight guy to objectify? You know, if bo- mm-hmm. you know, booking concerns are not an issue. You get anybody. You say jump, they say how high. Who is it? I mean, the thing is, Los Angeles comedian Whitmer Thomas is pretty much thrown down with everything I was looking for, which wow, is like yeah. a skateboardery, like inability to pay attention to what's going on and not really understanding, <laughs> not really finding much of what we do funny. Um, and I think if you were to look for like a celebrity version of that, of like straight guy with little or no patience for me sure uh-huh. i would go with a member of the Wahlberg family oh, really boy. any of them yeah a lesser Wahlberg. yeah okay i can That's see that i can see the sexual and romantic appeal of someone who is simply dismissive of you yes yeah i i, I understand exactly what you're talking about mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I yeah, as someone as someone who uh, who has a thing for like uh, hard drinking, heavily tattooed women, <laughs> uh, I get it. Boy, they sure don't give a fuck about my jokes. <laughs> but uh, but I digress. So. Uh, also, their arms tell a story. That's that's true. That is true. And you know what, guy, Jordan, mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to get too deep on the show because this is kind of a you know this is a fun yeah we got to keep but... it light we got to keep it light but we you know we go there sometimes if I sometimes, drill... we, sometimes we go there can I drill down for a minute sure get Do you real mind if I drill down Raw. please uncensored at the end of the day drill down I think of what I do. It's just another form of storytelling. Mm, mm-hmm. Really? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. Whether I'm telling my story, mm. Mm. a brand's story, mm-hmm. an animal's story, mm-hmm. um, the story, the epic of Gilgamesh. Sure. It's a beautiful tale. Um, as relevant tale, today as it was of, then. Speaking of tales, the tale of Genji. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, I'm just a storyteller. Mm-hmm. The Pope Vo. <laughs> the, Mayan, the Mayan myth, the Pope Vo. Should we get together a Maximum Fun podcast where you just go through the Epic of Gilgamesh, uh, like the Greatest Generation is doing with Star Trek: Sort of the Next recap Generation. style. Recap style. Just go through, take down, uh, you know, a couple of hundred lines. Is the title of the show hashtag Epic? <laughs> <laughs> That's better than anything I had. Also, on the, on the subject of of Greatest Generation, I just have to tell you guys something. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thus far in my time in Los Angeles, this is our sister show, by the way, on the Max Fun Network, hosted by our friends Ben and Adam. It's a good show. Where they talk about Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. Uh, it just comes down to I have only seen Tennessee Williams plays in Los Angeles starring Star Trek universe actors. <laughs> and I just found out that Linda Park from um, uh, Star Trek Enterprise is uh, going to be in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof wow. uh, in Glendale. And I'm like, I have to. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen Jonathan Frakes in anything? <laughs> What have you seen Frakes in? Nothing. Nothing. Oh, boy, it's uh, it's just Spiner and Tasha Yar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I uh, I really, I honestly thought that Brent Spiner, uh, Data from Star Trek, Star Trek The Next mm-hmm. Generation, is probably the best fiddler on the roof I've ever seen. <laughs> Seriously? No. Oh. <laughs> Not at all. I could see him doing it. There's, But the thing is, is I feel like... People around our age, I'm a little bit older than you guys, mm-hmm. but there was always that thing of, you know somebody from a sitcom, and you're like, oh, they're a sitcom person. She's that goofy actress who is on Alice, which is a sitcom, which is too sad for me to like. And then you find out, venerated Broadway star, nominated mm-hmm. for a Tony for Company. And like they were all that. And every time I find out that the like somebody from like Hokey Show actually is a like well of talent, I'm never surprised. Yeah. I, I, am, I am not surprised by that either. Uh, my accountant yes. also uh, represented the late Ernest Borgnine, and Ernest Borgnine, who I really think of as a funny name to say. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I think our generation knows it as something that Generation X liked to to remember. Yeah. Uh, Ernest Borgnine, of course, a legendary actor right. who spent the last 20 years because he just was only interested in doing theater. Uh, he died maybe two or three years ago. But before that, he spent 20 years just running a theater cruise where he would do full productions of plays like his – and he died at like 94. Hmm. So he retired to full-time cruising uh, on cruise ships uh, of of the boat variety uh, and – uh, his his activity was be starring in a play on the cruise ship. 
I mean, how amazing That's would that pretty. be? And it was like the Ernest Borgnine theater cruise. I think he is one of those guys that I knew at first because he was a guest voice on The Simpsons. That's how <laughs> yeah. I discovered like a lot of celebrities. Like I worked backwards for, oh, they're on The Simpsons. Who is that? Yeah, it's. I, I think many of us have discovered the world of Hollywood through miscellaneous bullshit that was rattling around in Dana Gould's brain in 1997. <laughs> but that's that's so wonderful. The number of things that were just references and jokes that I, as a 12-year-old, was like, well, if you want to be a sophisticated person, you need to know what Moomenshantz is. Sure. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I definitely feel like I... Moomenshantz, by the way, is a German racist version of the Moomins, <laughs> which is a charming yeah. Scandinavian cartoon show. I feel like the only reason I wanted to learn anything is so I could get more jokes on Mystery Science Theater. Like, yeah. that was my, yeah. that was my, you know, that was what was coaxing me to learn. Can I tell you that? So I could laugh at more things the puppets were saying. Kevin Murphy mm -hmm. from Mystery mm -hmm. Science Theater 3000 and Riff Tracks, mm -hmm. who's been a guest on this show, tweeted at me how proud he was to be a donor to MaximumFun.org. Oh, oh, wow. Get out of town. And I practically cried. I mean, that's... That's as good as it gets. Yeah. Uh, at South by Southwest. Yes, um, please. South, you're talking about South by? I'm talking about South by. Okay, I know it is, is South by. Uh, that's fair. That's now, fair. Now, is this film or is this digital? <laughs> this was digital. This you was... know what, Jordan, to a certain extent, and mm. hear me out, if mm -hmm. I drill down on this for a second. Please, yes. would you? Both are just storytelling. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Where's the line? I mean, it Where... aren't... It aren't... And aren't app makers the new punk rockers? No. Aren't That's guys really making apps? Isn't that the spirit That's of true. punk? I read that panel pitch. Yeah. I voted for it. Thank you. But listen, at South by Southwest, I got to, like, Scott Thompson got in his cups and was just oh, having opinions about life. And Casey Schreiner, also from Talk to the Game Show, also a gay guy, we just sat there, like, heads on hands, like... Yes, this is what we signed up for. And it was one of those lovely and magical moments where the people who like showed you the way in comedy are now treating you like a person. I spent yeah. so much energy trying to convince Scott Thompson to do a podcast for Maximum Fun. It was like all I wanted in the world. He came on uh, this, maybe The Sound of Young America even years ago at my yeah. house. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Scott Thompson is even better than you want him to be. <laughs> it's not like he doesn't have opinions. <laughs> oh, he's so magical. What a magical man. But I couldn't get him to do it. Couldn't get him to do it. Relationship he's... advice. That's what it was going to be. Oh, boy. It was a great idea. Could it just be an hour of Buddy Cole monologues? Oh, uh, uh, would love that. That would be great. Just remember, want to be friends with Scott Remember the Thompson. one where he beats the dinosaur at the gay bar? <laughs> Scott Thompson yes. is uncertain as to whether it would be a good idea to do a Buddy Cole show at Largo. It is? What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Nothing has ever made more sense. Yes. So I would like to send this as an additional message to Scott Thompson that that needs to happen. Yeah. Uh, speaking of work and comedy. Yeah. You know I don't – you guys know I don't like to brag. I'm a humble guy. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But Modest I wanted to a fault. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, but I just I got a I got a nice vote of confidence put in me at work today, and I just kind of wanted to share it with everybody. Um, sometimes on at midnight we'll do like a special episode, you know, that's a little more involved than the the regular episodes that requires a little bit of, you know, 
and I don't want to say an auteur's touch, but that. Right. Sure. You did a Trump versus Bernie episode during the campaign with yeah. James Adomian. Mm-hmm. You did, uh, and uh, you did a you did an episode where you had that guy who writes the uh, uh, high concept erotic fiction for instant Amazon. On <laughs> yeah, so you're talking about Chuck Tingle. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes there's something that needs you know that needs a guiding hand. Right. Probably it, Neil deGrasse Tyson's been on at some point. <laughs> he probably has. Not not since I've been there, but there's no fucking way he wasn't on it at yeah. some point. Uh, guys, I have been you know, awarded the honor of shepherding this year's 420 episode. Oh. Which is, you know... Blaze uh, it up, Jordan. It's huge. I mean, you know, a, a Comedy Central show late night on 420, that's that's... That's like the Tournament of Roses parade. What chunk of the budget is Doug Benson wrangling? I mean, what chunk of the budget is just snacks and attendance to keep him in the green room? Yeah, we're trying to uh, we're trying to capture him with a net. <laughs> you know, Benson's a hard booking on 420. He's yeah. in demand. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So you know, I mean, that's going to fall on my shoulders. I need to find some way to ensnare Doug Benson and drag him to the studio. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I can't say exactly what's going on, but I'm, uh, you know, I, all I can say to all, um, all the stony balonies out there. <laughs> Jordan and Jesse, what are your relationships to the marijuana cigarettes? I don't know that I know. Uh, yes, I, uh, I enjoy it. I have a card. Um, and, and I, I, it was something that I did occasionally before it became medical. Uh, but once it became medical, I... I stopped feeling <laughs> paranoid that it was going to get me into some sort of trouble. Uh, now I enjoy it more, maybe like once a week. I enjoy a nice, uh, a nice, a nice J, and especially now that there's a new uh, season of Planet Earth on there. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I've I have never in my entire life. You haven't even tried it for uh, for headaches. No, and I keep thinking I should, but I I think I'm in this weird place where. I want because it is an actual medical need. Yeah, I want to ask my real doctor about right. it. Right, but I don't think not, that not Doctor Feelgood in the strip mall by the Wendy's. Yeah, but then I'm like, I could just go, but then I feel like you would <clears throat> only go to Doctor Feelgood to get a fake one. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a real one, sure. but in a fake way. I could just do that, just as much as anyone. More legitimately, yeah, than, it ain't hard. But it's still cog- the cognitive dissonance is break has broken it for me. When I went for my first card, I also had a cough, mm-hmm. and then the pot doctor started to give me actual medical advice. <laughs> and I was a little bit like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, buddy! That's not what we're here for." <laughs> All right, back it up. I don't need your your song and dance. That is a really tremendous honor for you, Jordan. It is. Uh, oh, you know, I just want to tell a quick, uh, a quick story about pot and parenting, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Maybe this will help you in yeah. your decision. Uh, Since I, you've started smoking pot, you've sp- paid a lot more attention to your secret family in Memphis. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and I've been watching more Adventure Time, which the kids <laughs> love. Yeah. I uh, I ran into a buddy of mine, uh, Courtney Davis, who's a very funny comedy writer, and uh, she has a new kid. I, th- well, I mean, newish kid. The kid's maybe a year and a half. And uh, she and her husband both are writers who have, like, sold something recently, so they're, like, 
writing from home and spending a lot of time with the kid, which I think they really like. So she was telling me that uh, she's like, oh, yeah, we've, you know, we've kind of have this lifestyle where we write and we like go to free kid shit. We just like, you know, find the free kid thing going on and we go to it. And she's like, you know, and it's 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 fun. You know, it starts to drive you a little crazy. You start to get a little crazy with that schedule. And she's like, but something that has really helped is I've cleared it with my husband to where every day around four, I have a little bit of pot. And then I'm like, oh, man, let's just do a puzzle. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest, like, the funniest reaction to, like, smoking pot with a kid in the house is just wanting to sit down and do a puzzle with him. I had a conversation with another friend who's a parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she told me something very similar. And it's something that I can understand. Mm-hmm. Like, it made sense to me immediately. And I don't. I'm not advocating for parenting in an impaired state or please don't sue me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But there is this thing that I absolutely cannot do. Like I'm a genuinely – I'm a pretty good parent overall Mm -hmm. I think. But I'm genuinely terrible at the thing that my three-year-old wants me to do. Like playing with my five-year-old at this point is fine because she has all of her – higher level reasoning skills it makes sense what we're doing like it might make me tired Mm -hmm. but it makes sense with a three-year-old they want you to be present for a never-ending incoherent non-linear game Mm -hmm. yeah that i absolutely cannot slow myself down enough to participate in for more than five minutes and if i watch like we have uh uh, we have a babysitter who comes a couple days a week. And she is like a very peaceful person and can just – I've seen her – like if I'm working from home and she's hanging out with one of the kids, I've seen her just sit there and play a game with my son Oscar who says FL for the beginning of almost all words. It's <laughs> Floyd Story that he wants to play. He always wants – Dad, can we play Floyd Story? She will play Floyd Story with him for an hour straight, no problem, chill as fuck. Mm. And I feel like... Do you think she's on heroin? (laughs) (laughs) But I just feel like, and this is something that that my buddy told me, she's like, yeah, if I'm a little bit high, it makes it so much easier to play a weird, boring, never-ending, non-linear game with my child. That's hilarious. Guy Branham, you you said you you have a card. Yes. Uh, how how often? Oh, um, some okay. like not not in any regular way. Frequently before going out, mm-hmm. and uh, I like look. The world was changed for me when it became a place where you could go into a boutique and you could ask for like uh, a cute little name, and you knew which ones were going to make you breezy and chatty, and which ones sure. were going to make you attached to a couch. Um, <laughs> and I like the former and do not like the latter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was just a revelation for me, and it also liberated. Pot in many ways from the aesthetics of potheads, uh, which was very nice. Which is offensive. However, I would like to go back to this family of respected writers living in East L.A. Mm-hmm. with, uh, is it a daughter? Yes, yeah. Okay, are you guys familiar with the major motion picture The Boys from Brazil? Uh, oh, this is about Nazis. It's about Nazis. I have not seen it. And it's about where they try to find 
children with similar family structures and make a new Hitler. This is like a (laughs) 70s horror movie. And as you were describing that so deeply, the first thing that came to my mind was, if only they were alcoholics, maybe we could get another Nora Ephron out of this. Because, like, all you really (laughs) need is, like, two screenwriter parents, alcohol, and, like, three or more daughters. And your likelihood of getting a Nora Ephron out of the deal really, really high. So now I think I'm going to leave my career and just attempt to boys from Brazil a new Nora Ephron. (laughs) And you know what, guy? What's great about this is it used to be you had to grow a potential Ephron all the way from childhood to maturity. Right. These days, you just do a cheek swab. Yeah. And the lab tells you whether you got an Ephron or not. I thought you were just going to tell me to like to dunham her and just like start her at 23. Yeah, just I mean, say, they, "Hey honey, go to Oberlin." Oh no. Mm. No, they they take they take a look at it and it it's it's graded on a scale from 0 to Rob Reiner to Nora Ephron. <laughs> you got to want to be careful you don't dunham your Ephron. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to dunham an Ephron. Do you are you a guy who can do it or or any kind of you know, altering thing. Can you do it before you go on stage? Okay, so there are people who smoke pot before, like, having writing jobs, and I cannot imagine yeah, that. me either. Jeez. Uh, the first time I went on stage stoned, I got up, I told a joke, I closed my eyes, seven months passed, and then I opened <laughs> my eyes and I told my next joke. The thing is, is that I have a comedy style which is essentially ill-suited. Like, I've done the pot shows where you have to go on super, super stoned. And the thing is, is it is a nightmare inside of my body. But to everyone else, it's just me doing my same act as always. <laughs> I'm not Kate Berlant. I'm not Rory Scovel. You know, yeah, it's yeah. me being, like, rigidly organized in my path through. Mm-hmm. What is it like for you? Yeah, I know. I, so I cannot, I cannot... Uh, smoke pot around anyone who I am not positive likes me. <laughs> I need to be sure that this person likes me and that if I act like a boob around them, it's not going to torpedo our relationship. Yeah. So, yeah, it's one of those things where uh, if I'm, like, supremely comfortable around the people, uh, I'm fine smoking pot around them. But if not, I want to be all alone. Yeah. So, yeah. I did a pot show once where I wasn't on pot uh, with... Our old sketch comedy group, Prank the Dean, but I don't think you were there, Jordan, mm-hmm. at Cobbs in San Francisco, that I think uh, – I'm going to say Al Madrigal invited us to do. Oh. I was very grateful. It was a benefit for normal. Mm-hmm. And the main thing that happened, we, we, we did some sketches, me and our, our friend Jim and I think our friend Lauren Pasternak. Lauren Pasternak, who I know very well. You do, who, who was in Prank the Dean with us. We, we, did, we did some sketches at this show. And it was Fine. The audience was not nuts about the pot material we had written, but not intolerant. Uh, the worst part was backstage when comedian Rick Overton, who was very high, cornered us angry that we weren't high <laughs> and started lecturing us on marijuana legalization. We're like, yes. We are playing this benefit for marijuana legalization. We're on board. We're, yes. Uh, sorry, we're not high enough for you, Rick yeah. Over, veteran comedian Rick Overton. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, it was very. It was one of the oddest. I'm like 22 years old. Rick Overton's like 55. <laughs> it's just uh, it's so so many hand gestures. I imagine <laughs> so hand gestury. Um, but the the thing about pot is that it makes you a less discerning consumer of comedy, which is why should any of us want to do that? But then I do also have such a place in my heart for, like, the day that I went and ate 
a quarter of a brownie and then watch The House Bunny. (laughs) I mean, that's exactly what I want. Yeah, that is a really, that is actually one of the best uses of marijuana I've ever heard of. Because you get to enjoy all the great things about Anna Faris, of which there are many. Yes. Anna Faris is wonderful. She's a delight. You're not bothered by the fact that overall it doesn't hang together very well. <laughs> it's not necessarily a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, before I recommend a movie to someone, I have to think about if I was high or not because I would hate <laughs> to like emphatically recommend something like a house bunny to someone and right. then to have someone watch it and go, "What the fuck were you thinking?" Do you think there's things in your life that you have really fond memories of, but it's because you were high at the time? Um Oh boy. I mean, I was afraid that was the shit for MacGruber because the first time I saw MacGruber, I was, uh, yeah, I was very high. And then, uh, and then I started recommending MacGruber to people. And I'm like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? This might not be right. This might not be right. Uh, and this was like in theater. I even maybe think I saw an advanced MacGruber. So it like maybe wasn't even out yet. This was when I was doing those press junkets. So, uh, yeah. And uh, thank God MacGruber is great. Yeah. You recommended MacGruber to me. Mm-hmm. And I went to see MacGruber. Uh, in uh, either a press screening or the week it opened. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, MacGruber's fucking great. I should see MacGruber? Oh, yeah. yeah, You should totally see MacGruber. Yeah, it's maybe one of the funniest, like, movies in our lifetime. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say that. It is. really, I don't think that's that's too much. It's really funny. I love a broad, mid-budget comedy. Oh, boy. We don't get enough of them anymore. Is it those? Is it ever those? Yeah. 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 I'm not going to... Look, I'm not going to talk about the programming at Max FunCon East, Mm -hmm. okay? Especially because none of it is confirmed. But I will say, I have placed certain calls to certain film licensing organizations and uttered the words... What does it cost to show 250 people MacGruber? <laughs> <laughs> Guy, have you seen uh, have you seen Popstar? I've not seen Popstar, though. Everyone has told me that it is an Popstar amazing is film. It's really fun. I think same yeah, director, really same director as MacGruber, same guys behind it. Oh, was uh, it Jorma? T- yeah, yeah. I think Jorma made both of them. These are both crazy funny movies. Yeah, yeah, super hilarious. Uh, so yeah, not high for that one. I'm glad that Magru- how funny MacGruber is finally came up on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Should we quickly address that I love Babe Pig in the City? And then... <laughs> yeah, maybe remember some Nintendo games we played as kids. Sure. Yeah, yeah I know. We need to uh, we need to hit all those uh, all those buttons, or uh, people with certain disorders can't fall asleep. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be back <laughs> in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, it's the Max Fun Drive time, and things are going a swimmingly. Well, not for me, Jesse. What? <laughs> what? I mean, am I stoked that so many people have gotten off their duffs and donated to MaximumFun.org at MaximumFun.org donate? Yeah, I'm excited about that. But... I foolishly agreed to a stunt that will humiliate me. Wait, you agreed to a stunt that will humiliate you? <sighs> okay. A nice, the day before the fun drive started. Yeah. A nice man got at me on Twitter. Yeah, he hollered at you, sure. He hollered at me. He, you are his boy. He, he slid into my ats. Mm-hmm. Not my DMs, I don't follow him. Uh, but he slid into my ats. And he 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 slid into the ads and he showed me a video, a viral vid mm-hmm. of a of a man 
brushing his cat using a brush that was shaped like a tongue that you put in your mouth. Right. So when you brush your cat using this thing, it looks like you are brushing him using a giant tongue. Like you're a mommy kitty and it's a baby kitten. Exactly. Like you're a mommy kitty and it's a baby kitty. He asked me if I would make a video like this with my cat. Right. For sexual reasons. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even put two and two together that this guy's jerking it to this stuff. Of course he is. Well, Crank, Crank City, USA, population this guy. Well, Johnny Crank, I got good news for you. Since the, the Max Fun community came through with 10,000 new donors, I got to make one of these fucking vids. I went on Amazon today and bought a Licky brush, <laughs> L-I-C-K-I brush. It is coming to my house via the magic of Amazon Prime, the same service that delivers transparent and other quality programming. Bosh. Bosh. Others. I almost, I almost said borscht. <laughs> you probably ordered borscht yeah. on Amazon oh boy. Prime. Hopefully, hopefully there's a uh, there's a, an episode where Bosch goes to Russia and eats borscht. <laughs> and he's like, tastes kind of like me. Anyway. <laughs> God, I want to write for Bosch. I have so many good Bosch lines. So, there's a licky tongue headed to my house. Right. When it comes, I'm going to put this fucking thing in my mouth. I'm going to wash it off first. Well, I've got I've got news for you, Jordan. Yeah. So, as you mentioned, our yeah. goal in this Max Fund Drive, 10,000 new and upgrading yeah. donors. By the way, if you want to see this video, just uh, you should like us on Facebook. I'll put it over there on the Jordan Jesse Go Facebook page. You can uh, see me at my humiliation and, uh, I guess, masturbate. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. Well, happy, happy spanking and flicking yeah. out there. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> continue. We should have a line like of greeting us on cards. Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> That's just for any time. Yeah. So like Jordan Jesse go on Facebook. You'll, you'll get that there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure someone will also link to it on the Reddit. Sure. Now, our, ori- our original goal, as you mentioned, 10,000 mm-hmm. donors. As of this recording, we're already comfortably past that. Mm-hmm. We're on our way to our new goal, 20,000 donors. So it will – okay. You got you to gotta, gotta give people some incentive, Jesse. If – sure – I mean, everyone, all anyone could talk about is we got to hit 10,000 so we can see Jordan lick this cat. Right. But but what do they get for 20,000? It's got to be better than that. I, I've got good news for you, buddy. Oh, good. We're putting on, mm-hmm. if we hit 20,000 donors, you can watch us. Jordan and I will be live in the MaxFun live show on Friday night mm-hmm. at 7, uh, 7 Pacific. If we hit 20,000 new and upgrading donors... MaximumFun.org will be presenting the greatest, the single greatest podcast spectacle in not just American history, but world history. Tell me about this spectacle. It's a podcast taping event Mm -hmm. called Yanni, Live at the Acropolis 2, colon, Live at the Grand Canyon, open parentheses, Without Yanni. Close parentheses. Okay. Myself. Mm-hmm. Aaron Gibson from Throwing Shade. Yes. Travis McElroy from mm-hmm. My Brother, My Brother, and Me. And Stuart Wellington from the Flophouse podcast. Four of the best there is. Have all, three of the best there is and me. Sure. <laughs> have all committed to travel to nature's greatest wonder, the Grand Canyon 
in Arizona mm-hmm. perform a live podcast on Buros. And not only that. Now, this is good enough. Yeah. Just to get a recording. Sure, stop right there, Jesse. I don't need to hear anymore. I'm already going to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Five winners will be selected. Wow. They will be whisked in air-conditioned buses. Wow. To the Grand Canyon or the general Grand Canyon (laughs) region, wherever the Greyhound station is. Sure. They'll be put up in two-star accommodations. At the Motel 6, Jordan. Wow. wow. The Motel 6. Just, they don't have shampoos in Motel 6s. Just we, so I just want to let people know if you win, bring your own shampoo. It's one of those things you like. just assume hotels have, but Motel 6s don't have. You get a little bar soap, which is, is fine, uh, but you're just going to want to bring your own shampoo. We'll be, oh, also, I was in one in Austin, and there was a lizard in my bed. <laughs> we can't promise lizards in your bed. That no. would be a thrilling bonus. So bring though. your own shampoo and your own lizard. Yeah. There might be one in there. Yeah. But in both in cases. cases. Yeah. Depends on how classy the Motel 6 is. Mm-hmm. We will even rent you a burrow. Oh, my God. Five lucky Max Fund donors, and you're automatically wow. entered into the contest. Wow. Just by donating. Just by backing Max Fund, you're automatically entered. Will be will be whisked mm. by air conditioned bus. Wow! First class all the way. Okay, all the way to their two star accommodations. Thence to the bottom of the Grand Canyon via Burro at our expense. Mm. They will enjoy some of the finest podcasting that the Grand Canyon has to offer. Now, is this? I don't know if you've looked into this. Is this the first podcast to ever take place in the Grand Canyon? I think it is. Sure. I say yes. Okay. It's the first time that anyone has ever dared to make a sequel to Yanni's legendary Live at the Acropolis special. Jesse. Yanni, Live at the Acropolis 2, Live at the Grand Canyon, without Yanni. I'm warning you here. Don't ruin my childhood. I can't. Don't ruin my childhood. Because nothing was more important to me as a nerdy young kid who was... You know, constantly getting bullied by jocks. Yeah. I would run home. It had a Greek fetish. <laughs> I, was, I would run home and take solace in Yanni's Live at the Acropolis. Right. Airing every other hour on PBS. Right. And that was important to me. Right. That was my Bible. Right. So don't ruin my childhood with your, with your cash-in sequel, reboot, whatever. Look, I'm not here telling you that I'm going to create the next John Tesh live at Red Rocks. No, that would be foolish. What I'm offering you, Jordan, mm-hmm. specifically, is me, Aaron Gibson from Throwing mm-hmm. Shade, Stuart Wellington from The Flophouse, and Travis McElroy from My Brother, My Brother, and Me in the Adventure Zone mm-hmm. and all other podcasts. Mm-hmm. In. Yanni, live at the Acropolis 2, Live at the Grand Canyon without Yanni. Sounds like an amazing, amazing feat. But, I mean, this isn't a guarantee that this is going to happen. No. We got we to gotta get to that 20000 Remind goal. people what they got to do. MaximumFun.org slash donate. Support us at any of the monthly levels. Five bucks a month, you get a huge trove of bonus content. I was here and I was listening to this Dead Pilot Society the other day. Yeah. Great podcast on Wonderful Fun. Wonderful podcast. They were saying... There's a hundred hours of bonus material up on this thing. Is that true? Can that you is ab- that's or real. Deny. I confirm. A hundred plus hours. James Comey confirms. Wow. 
Straight from Comey's mouth. From Comey's mouth yeah. to your ears. Jeez, uh, that is that is a shit ton of uh, of bonus stuff, and and I'm yeah, I'm, I'm remembering the cool bonus things we've done over the years. There's some good shit up there. I'm trying to get to twenty thousand here. That's all I care about. Okay, all I care about is putting on the greatest show in podcasting history. Live on Boros at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Make it happen. I don't know if we can get to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. I also want to be clear about that. <laughs> right. I don't know the how the Grand Canyon shirt. works. I don't know. I know, and I'm told that what we are renting are donkeys, not Boros, mm-hmm. and that Boros and donkeys are different things. Okay. So I apologize for that as well. Wait a minute. Maybe what we're renting is asses. <sighs> oh, boy. Get yourself a little gas and gas <laughs> yeah. while you're there. <laughs> I fear the right, the right's free if that happens. Anyway, the uh, point so, is this. Oh, so, I don't... You, so when you make this when you make this recording, will yeah. this be airing every other hour on PBS? How could people listen to this? They'll be able to listen to it in their Max Fund donor feed. Oh shit. Yeah, it's gonna be extraordinary. Maximumfund.org slash donate. Yeah. And and again, this is not about at what level you support us. No. There's levels from five dollars a month to two hundred dollars a month. Whatever your means are, you can do this. Mm-hmm. This second week of the Max Fund Drive. This second five, this last five days of the oh, Max Fund Drive, you know what this is about? Hmm. Closing the gap. Close the gap. Close the gap. So you can go into the greatest gap. Yeah. The Grand Canyon. Exactly. God's gap. God's gap. It's God's thigh gap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Make it happen right now. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morse, boy detective. Uh, Guy Branham, earnest visitor. It's great to have Guy Branham here. As always. Hey, uh, can I just say something real Please. quick? Please. USA number one? Yeah, go ahead. I, I agree with you. Congratulations. America first. Mm-hmm. That's always been my sure, motto. yeah. Now and forever, mm-hmm. my motto. America won the World Baseball Classic. Oh, that's exciting. Take that, Cuba, Japan, and no one else. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, Guy. So... The f- the semifinals and finals of the World Baseball Classic were here in Los Angeles mm-hmm. at Dodger Stadium. And I thought, well, that would be fun to go. I bet you can get tickets for nothing on StubHub. Uh, and I emailed my baseball friend, Dimitri, also a Max Fund supporter, mm-hmm. by the way. And I said, hey, Dimitri, you want to go to the World Baseball Classic? And because it's like a bracketed championship, yeah. you didn't know who was going to play in what game. So I committed to a Monday game. Uh-huh. It was my first time out without my children since the baby's been born. So that was very thrilling to me. So because it's set up this way, could it be a thing where it's like the Falklands versus Yes. You know So in the, the Virgin Islands. So here's the thing about the thing about the World Baseball Classic is the world is not interested in baseball. Mm-hmm. Only like seven countries play baseball. You know, it's like uh the powerhouses of the World Baseball Classic are, as you said, uh, in Cuba, no longer. Oh, really? Well, because of the relative normalization of relations uh, and the state of the normalization of relations, all of the great Cuban baseball players have defected but are not allowed to play for the Cuban baseball team. Oh, what about the Dominican Republic? Are they a power? Yes. The Dominican Republic uh, are one of the best. Yeah. Um, Puerto Rico and went to the finals. Um, and then there's these other weird teams, like a team that did surprisingly well, the Israeli team. Mm. Whoa. Because the rule is that you can play for the team if you qualify for citizenship in that country. So basically, 
every baseball player with even one Jewish relative <laughs> all went and played for the Israeli team. So it's American Jews who were like third string at Yale. So there were literally there was literally one Israeli person on the entire Israeli baseball team, and they were there like as a token. Uh, but they're the same thing with the Italian team. Like Italy has really lax citizenship requirements, so the Italian team is like forty-seven-year-old Mike Piazza and like just a bunch of Italian dudes. You, <laughs> you know have what to I have mean? an Italian-sounding name. Exactly. There was if literally you just say guys... your name and then do this with your fingers. <laughs> yeah. and I'm doing the. That's a good pizza pie rep There was guys with with Sharpie markers. You know how you would knew you knew a friend in college who could change the date number on your ID so that you could get there were guys doing that and just adding an I or an A at the end of surname <laughs> sure. to get onto the Italian team. So there's like all these different weird teams, but the you know, the best teams are Japan and the United States, the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, teams like that. But that's there's really only a few of those, and sometimes something goes wrong with one of those teams. So in the semifinals, we ended up seeing Puerto Rico, who had a sizable cheering mm-hmm. audience, as you can imagine. Um, uh, and they were undefeated in the tournament when we saw them play against the Dutch. Mm-hmm. The Dutch who made the final four countries of, of baseball. Uh, and it was... Fantastic. First of all, no Dutch people there. <laughs> I would imagine a, a fair a fair number of um, members of the uh, Kingdom of the Netherlands from the Caribbean yes. on the team, right? <laughs> yes. So the manager of the Dutch baseball team is this guy Isn't who— colonialism great, by the way? <laughs> I know. He's a hitting coach for the Giants, actually, San Francisco Giants, Hensley Bam Bam Mullins, mm-hmm. uh, as he was known in his playing days, now known as Sir Bam Bam because he is a knight— of the Kingdom of the Netherlands. Wonderful. Uh, he, like many of the players, is from Curaçao. So apparently in Curaçao they play baseball. Uh, Bam Bam Mullins, by the way, speaks English, Japanese, Spanish, Dutch, and a language that sounds made up that I can't remember. Papiamento. Papiamento. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Guy Branham. You're... I went to Curaçao a month ago. Oh, okay. Perfect. <laughs> Just to hang out? Uh, yeah. I was done with the job and I wanted to go be on an island. And it, The Caribbean is so pointless when you are from Los Angeles. It's like <laughs> I'm paying money to go have all of the things that I already have in my life except less waves. They yeah. have a grove over there right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. A, a little train. Mm-hmm. Jesse, did you ever hear about the great scandal at um, the uh, Gay Softball World Series? I'm sorry. Excuse me? Look. There was Gay Softball World Series has like there was a problem of maybe some people coming in and claiming to be bisexual who were in Mm. fact not. You were allowed to have two straight guys on any team. (laughs) Just like in Japan, you can have two foreigners on your team. Yeah, you could have two straight guys, but there were some people claiming bisexual status. Um, that they were like, I don't know about this. And it became a real question of like how much you were allowed to like peer behind people's uh, declared uh, orientation. Yeah. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah. I'm picturing there was this guy who played for the Giants uh, named Corey Snyder. And Corey Snyder was like, uh, like a real hot prospect mm-hmm. who managed to put together a long career with real weird skills. Like he had a super strong throwing arm. 
And Corey Snyder retired in his mid-30s, I guess, and then went on to like a 15-year career as a professional fast-pitch softball player, which I did not even know was a thing that you can be. I mean, have you seen any newspaper notices for (laughs) local ticketed fast-pitch softball games? But like... I could never decide whether Corey Snyder was my hero for doing that, like love of the game, or like, hey, uh, buddy, you're a millionaire. Yeah. You don't have to barnstorm at an underhand <laughs> version of the game that you're played at. Guy, how is the gay softball World Series, how are the teams delineated? Or is it by city? Yeah, I mean, mo- like... I, I, I cultural category? <laughs> yeah. Um, mo- like, I actually think it was mixed-gender team. Or, okay. or maybe maybe this was only boys, because I, I honestly don't know if lesbians would let us get involved in their softball ter- leagues, sure. because that's... It's a I big mean, ask. It's the core of their culture. <clears throat> um, but it is just sort of like you have a, a, a local team in an area like i mostly know about gay water polo and <laughs> it like my friend colin is always just like we're going to san francisco to play their water polo team or like san diego is coming here well even heterosexual water polo is already real dick grab intensive yes it is look all gay male sports activities are 45 minutes of an excuse to go just get drunk and like mess around with each other and you know uh water polo also selects for some good bodies yeah i I can only imagine in speaking of good bodies Mm -hmm. so the dutch the dutch baseball team is composed of i'll say seven superstar curacaoans so there's there's just a few guys who are from curacao who are superstars in baseball right now they play for the dutch baseball team they're mostly middle infielders like, these are live, fast guys. Yeah. Uh, but with power. And those were the guys that got them to the quarterfinals. But there are very few Coruscant pitchers. Oh. So there's a guy there's who a plays. A lot of belly itchers, though. Yeah, <laughs> mostly sure. belly itchers. There's a guy called Kenley Jansen who plays for the Dodgers, and he is Coruscant. And he had kind of, like, laughed off playing for the Dutch team. Like, yeah, right, why would I waste my time? the superstar closer of the Dodgers. He's like, yeah, if they make it to the semifinals, I'll sign up. Oh. And then they made it to the semifinals. He was like, oh, uh, yeah, I got to go represent the kingdom of the Netherlands later, guys. But mostly the pitchers were Dutch guys. Sculpted out of butter. So you have this like weird thing where it's all these uh, live Caribbean super athletes um, who are legitimately great at baseball. And then the pitchers for the team, like there was this guy with a beard who pitched like the fifth, sixth, and seventh innings or the seventh, eighth, and sixth, seventh, and eighth innings who had not played organized baseball in seven years. And that was my favorite thing in the history of the fucking That's world. That's wonderful. The fu- until. Okay, so that guy pitched great. By the way, these guys that throw like 85 miles an hour, which is like not enough to be a professional pitcher, but like they just get by on, I don't even know what, beard. (laughs) But all I wanted the entire time that we were there, I was, I just said to Dimitri, I was like, can I please have, I don't care who wins. I don't care what happens in the game. Really. All I want is 
for the Dutch team to bring in their seven-foot guy. So for some reason, there is a seven-foot, one-inch Dutch guy. He's been playing professional baseball for like 10 years, but he's never made it above double A. He's the tallest player in professional baseball history. And he's not good per se, but he is seven foot mm-hmm. one inch tall. Yeah. And like we there's no names on the uniforms or we couldn't read the names. I can't remember. So whenever they would bring in a pitcher, it was never a famous person. Outside of Kenley Jansen did pitch one inning. It was never someone who plays in the major league. So we wouldn't know who it was. So we'd just be looking at a six five guy going, I don't think that's the seven foot guy. <laughs> you know, far enough sure, away he's that it's a little tall. He's a tall he's a tall, yeah. thin white guy, but I don't think that's a seven foot one guy. But the game went to extra innings. In extra innings, here comes that seven foot one guy. Oh, it was amazing. He was, he, way, he was way too big to play baseball. <laughs> so what, he was a pitcher? This guy was seven foot one, 160. <laughs> it was like. That's wonderful. It was like watching a praying mantis pitch. Yeah. It was spectacular. But what position was he? He was a pitcher. And what's crazy about it is so, like, you know, they have all these high-tech ways of measuring pitches now that they didn't have 10 years ago. So it used to just be a radar gun. Yeah. But now they track the pitch the entire way in 3D and can, like, show you where it went and how it went. And one of the things that they've realized is that if you're seven feet tall, your fastball appears to be, like, seven miles an hour faster just because you get so much closer to home plate by virtue of being way too tall. (laughs) Like just like the extending your arm goes so much further. Yeah, oh, that's hilarious. It was amazing, and he pitched well. He ended up taking the loss. Mm. Uh-huh. Mm. But I can now tell my children, and my children can then tell their children when they're trying to bore them to sleep <laughs> that their dad saw the tallest professional baseball pitcher of all times. What, so, what do you think he does when he's not pitching? Do you think his he's head a- on things? Yeah. Ow, like that? Yeah. You know, like just walking through his basement. Gets things for people at Dutch Home Depot. <laughs> yeah. Could you grab that for me? I'm sorry. If you're a seven foot one Dutch person, why are you playing baseball? Why are you not playing something where that height could really be put to use? Why are you not playing korfball, the Dutch mixed gender answer to basketball? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That exists? <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. I... I Really shouldn't have brought that up. But Wait, yes. The, the Dutch, Dutch have a good word. The Dutch have an amazing Siri. What do Dutch people call baseball? I'm asking Siri yeah. real quick. That's cool. The Dutch mascot is it's just a fart trapped in a sheet, right? <laughs> oh, it, it it recorded. I'm asking Siri real quick and got confused. Mm-hmm. Siri. No, not cricket got confused. No, not knock knock. Cricket got confused. Not knock. Knock, knock, confused, knock, knock, knock. God damn it. Somehow it got reviews in there. Siri, what do Dutch people call baseball? Okay, here we go. Here it is. I'm going to find out from Siri. Why do the British call all Americans no, baseball in the Netherlands? That's what we want. The Wikipedia article, article baseball in the Netherlands. We can find out the fucking answer. Honkball. No. That's really good. Honkball. Oh, that's wonderful. Honkball is a much better name than baseball. Yeah. That's also what they call gay water polo, right? (laughs) (laughs) It should be called that. Yeah. Guys, did you ever watch that baseball uh, Ken Burns documentary? Uh, No. 
I just love Doris Kearns Goodwin in any situation. <laughs> There's only one part that's really worth your time. It's this part where they're reading like a Walt Whitman essay, and he's wandering through uh, he's wandering through the fields of Brooklyn because at the time Brooklyn was fields, and he says, "I came upon a game of I, I came upon some gentlemen playing at base, a certain game of ball." Mm. <laughs> Base a certain game of ball is the honk ball of the English language. It's pretty good. Yes. It's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, look, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Okay, this is it, Jordan. Okay. This is our last Max Fun Drive break. In the history of Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> oh boy. This ends here. Okay. No. Just just for this Max Fund. Yeah, the show will be going for another three months. <laughs> we keep getting two week contract extensions like early Conan. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think I think this is the time, Jordan. Mm-hmm. I think now is the time to step out onto those coals. I think now is the time to leap. From that high dive. Mm-hmm. I think now is the time to get onto that burrow right. and head for and, the bottom and, of the Grand Canyon. And head right into God's thigh gap. <laughs> exactly. It's Max Fun Drive time. This is the t- There's no more time to do it. There's no more time to put it off. You just got to go to MaximumFun.org slash donate now. There's, there's, I think there's two ways to appeal to people. Okay. R.E. the Max Fun Drive. How about this? Okay. I yell at them. You say you're going to go get them a soda from the vending machine. <laughs> Yeah, the old good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, common decency. Right. You know, you tip your bartenders, you tip your baristas, tip your podcasters. They're yeah. working hard for you. It's just a buck. Just a buck. Buck an episode. Buck an episode. Five bucks a month. Make sure they keep showing up, doing the shows that you like. Common decency. We're pouring strong drinks. Absolutely. We're not giving you a short pour. No, absolutely not. Right up to the rim. Yeah. We'll splash of soda on top. That's mostly it. booze in there. Yeah. It'll get you nice and fucked up. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, but hey, maybe you're not a decent person. Maybe you're a fucking scumbag who's just out looking out for number one. And we're not against that. No. Some we of my best it. friends are scumbags. Yeah, we've read Ayn Rand. Sure. We know about looking <laughs> out for number one. got to look out for number one. Who is John Galt? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the only Ayn Rand thing I know. Uh, John Wick 2. <laughs> sure. So if you're a John Wick or a John Galt, yeah, <laughs> we got stuff. Right, there's just fucking stuff you can get if you donate. Oh, this stuff is so it's dope. great stuff. This stuff is so good. So if you don't, you know, if you you're you know wishy washy on whether or not people should get paid to podcast, yeah, you're like I don't know, maybe maybe they should, maybe they shouldn't. Hey, pony up some money, you get some fucking stuff. Yeah, Here's okay, the stuff. Here's the five dollars a month. Five dollars. Start a month. at the bottom. Okay. $5 a month, what do you get? You get over 100 hours of Max Fun bonus audio, all sorts of cool stuff, bonus JJ Goes, bonus stuff from every single show on the Max Fun Network. And this is great stuff that you cannot hear anywhere else. You have to be a donor to listen to this stuff. 
And uh, yeah, and I think for uh, for summer road trips, summer plane trips, there's like ten bonus Jordan Jesse goes at this point. It's all awesome, and I think uh, I think you're really going to love it. And live again, shows, special shows. This year we recorded a, a live call in show and had a great. It's I really think that our live call in Jordan Jesse go is one of the best episodes we've ever done. Totally, it's awesome. It's uh, it's with special guest Robin Thede, fan favorite guest, and uh, yeah, I've gotten I've I've heard uh, lots of nice stuff about it online. People have been telling me how much they love this bonus episode. Uh, really fun. We just kind of randomly opened up the phone lines yeah. and took calls without screening yeah, them. Yeah, we do not have the facilities to screen the calls. No, so it's just us talking to whoever called at that moment. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a, it was a super fun episode and uh, I think uh, I would be excited if you would hear it by going to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Now, Jordan, Five I, bucks a month. I got a question. Yeah. Maybe I am a person of means. Sure. Maybe I'm just a grown-up with a regular job. You got a little extra scratch. And maybe I love Maximum. Maybe maybe I'm a Greatest Generation listener, too. I want to make sure that I'm tipping all my podcasters. Got to tip your podcast. If you listen to a shit ton of Max Fun podcasts yeah. and you got 10 bucks a month, you get all that bonus stuff, plus you get a Max Fun pin designed by Megan Lincott featuring a logo from your favorite show. These pins are so cool. People have been going, like, we got... Dozens of threatening emails demanding the ability <laughs> to get more than one of these pins. Yeah, the uh, Jordan Jesse Go one is a puppy in a tuppy with a nice little ribbon that says, I'm a tuppy. And uh, yeah, it'll look, uh, it'll look handsome on, on a bag, on a coat. Lots of fun places to put this pin. Jordan, uh, I also have some good news about these pins. Let's hear it. So because so many people were so upset that they had to pick a pin, mm-hmm. at the end of the pledge drive, if you've pledged $10 a month or more, you will have the opportunity to purchase more pins than one. That's amazing. So do not think that you have to that you can only do this, you have to decide one. You'll have the chance to pick more than one pin and we're going to donate the revenue from however many other additional pins we sell to charity. You're going to want to rip the pins off your the, you're going to want to rip the Disney pins off your denim jacket. Yeah, grind replace, them under your boot heel and replace them with these handsome Max Fun pins. 10 bucks a month. Uh, pick your fave show, get a pin, and all that bonus content. Yeah, sorry, Olympics pins. <laughs> Nobody likes you anymore. Uh, twenty Not bucks even a month. Japanese schoolgirls. You got twenty bucks a month. Yeah. If you listen to a metric shit ton of Maximum Fun shows. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's say you listen to three Max Fun shows. Yeah. Hey, let's say you got yourself a nice job. Absolutely. Let's twenty say, bucks a let's month. Let's say you're a software engineer. Sure. Graphic designer. We know you're out there. Librarian. <laughs> let's say you live in Portland. Yeah. Twenty bucks a month. Uh, twenty bucks a month. That's your. I mean, that's your artisanal coffee budget, right? <laughs> you just artisan. Just artisan. These guys love artisanal everything. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. These guys watch artisanal History Channel. Okay. <laughs> twenty bucks a month. You get the max artisanal fun. pawn stars. Get, all right. Get the max fun. Keep in touch kit. Uh, those are some handsome. Uh, some handsome stamps. A candle that smells like friendship and wax. And a sharpened pencil shaped like a rocket. Uh, you get a Max Fun stamp, uh, cool cards to keep in touch with those important people in your life. Now, Jordan, you'd probably love to receive something in the mail. Jordan, Go. I'm willing to give twenty dollars a month, but I really want those pins. But I don't get the pins if I give twenty dollars a month, right? Jesse, you are dead fucking wrong about wait, that. Wait, what? When you wait, what? pledge, wait, I'm sorry, what? Excuse if you me? pledge at a higher level, you get everything below that level. So twenty bucks a month, you get the keep in touch kit. You get the pin. You get all the bonus content. Jordan. Yes. Excuse me, baking powder? Yeah, I know. 35 bucks a month. As Winston Churchill once said? 35 bucks a month, you're okay. getting all that stuff. Yeah. Plus, 
Max Fun's throwing in two handsome rocket ship beer mugs. Oh, these are steins, my friend. Ooh, boy. You know what I? You know what I like to do? Hoist them. Uh, well, you like to hoist a stein? You bet I love to hoist a stein. I know you do. I was going to say put them in the freezer and then fill them up with a nice, nice can of A and W root beer. That sounds nice. I'm just saying you don't have to be some dissolute alcoholic oh, who enjoys drinking beers. Yeah, you can drink a, a moral. Yeah. Upstanding A&W root beer. <laughs> that won't lead to spousal abuse. <laughs> well, maybe it would if you get too jacked up on sugar, I guess. Sorry. I'm a real Carry Nation type guy. <laughs> uh, so 35 bucks a month, you get those uh, handsome engraved Max Fun beer mugs. 100 bucks a month, you get it, uh, You get into the inner circle, which is Max Fun's monthly culture club. Once a month, somebody from Max Fun sends you one of their favorite cultural things, like a book or a movie or an album. Yeah, uh, lots of good stuff in this. Uh, I, I heard the guys from uh, Dead Pilot Society saying uh, that last year they sent out Tom Lennon and Ben Grant's screenwriting book, a book that I personally loved. So that's a that's a cool thing. Uh, you'll get cool things like that. And two hundred bucks a month, you get yourself a free ticket to Max Fun Con. Free ticket to Max Fun Con, two hundred bucks a month, and all that other shit. Yeah, all this that is- other shit. This is all of the different stuff that you can get. But ultimately, Jordan, you know what you get when you support Maximum Fun? What? You get the knowledge. Every time you listen mm-hmm. to your favorite podcast, Jordan and Jesse go, which we know you're we're, if we're your favorite podcast. Sure, we've seen the pin. Oh, we're top five. We've seen that pin. Top five. Yeah. Especially now that we found out that that Richard Simmons thing is immoral from those think pieces. Yeah. We're not bugging any reclusive celebrities. Except for Guy Branham. That's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we are forcing Guy Branham to appear with us on a podcast. But besides that, yeah. Besides that, you get we're leaving JD Salinger alone. You get the satisfaction. We're not showing up to Bill Watterson's house <laughs> trying to learn more about Hobbes. <laughs> Why aren't we trying to learn about Calvin? I mean, I want to know about Hobbes. Is he is he real or is he in Calvin's imagination? I want to know about Spaceman Spiff. Yeah, yeah, listen, there's a lot of Calvin and Hobbes facts that we would want to know, but we're not barging down Bill Watterson's door because no. you know why? We're moral podcasters, unlike that other guy. Plus, we spend every Thanksgiving with Gary Trudeau, so we <laughs> sure. don't need to bother Watterson. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, maximumfund.org slash donate. Uh, seriously, it does mean a, a ton to podcasters that you donate. It's like the reason that we do this. Yeah. And when you listen, you will have the satisfaction of knowing that you are the reason this show exists. Because frankly, every single one of you who has donated and who supported us, many folks for years, you are the reason that we get to do this. Totally, yeah. We Because of you guys, we have bosses. And uh, you know, I think I think Jesse and I both... Uh, if if we have if it's tough to record, we both feel like shit because we know that there's awesome bosses out there like you who we would disappoint. So uh, so thanks for being such cool bosses and uh, for for giving a little bit to support the show. It means a ton. Yeah, this is a you know Jordan Jesse Go is a weird, dumb, listener alienating program. Sure, that is not for a lot of should people. not exist. There's no reason for this show. Yeah. To, I'm a, the boss of a podcast network. No way I would approve this show. Absolutely not. Yeah. May, uh, maybe in the early days when yeah. it was just us yeah. and Harry Potter fan fiction and Mac shortcuts. Yeah. Maybe this was an acceptable podcast. Yeah. Maybe. No longer. No longer. Yeah. There's no reason two, two whites should be remembering Nintendo together. Yeah. But we also know because of your support 
that this is something that really means something to people. Totally, yeah. We we appreciate that. You know, even though this uh, this this is not a show that blows up the charts, there's still uh, people out there who really like it and care that it gets made every week. I I was just talking to Lindsay, mm-hmm. our uh, who who runs the development department here at Maximum Fun, um, and she told me that relative to audience size. Mm-hmm. Jordan Jesse Go has the highest number of supporters of any show in Maximum Fun. Jordan Jesse Go listeners are more likely to support Jordan Jesse Go than any other show's listeners in the entire network. And I was I was genuinely very touched by it. Yeah, that. that's a really really cool thing to hear that like even though we don't have a, you know, mega audience that allows us to do, you know, big tours where we're selling out rock and roll theaters that we can still come in here and do this every week and there will still be people who care about it. So now, that's an awesome feeling. We're going to do a tour where we sell out puppet theaters. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to sell out daycares. I, you know, I got, I, got a message, uh, I got a message from a listener today on uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. And like one of the best things about the Max Fund Drive is we, we hear from people about what the show means to them because we're – you know, when you open yourself up, as we do when we ask for your help to support it, you know, you people take the opportunity to tell you why they do it and yeah. why it matters. And I got an interview. I, I got a message from a dude today who uh, told me, literally told me uh, that he had spent a year going through an incredibly painful divorce and that sometimes his week, the thing that he had to look forward to was listening to Jordan Jesse go. Yeah, and it's it's a, it's a great feeling. I think I think you and I both know what it's like to be going through a tough time and for the stuff you love to be, you know, a nice port in the storm. And definitely like podcasts have absolutely been that for me in tough times. Like if there's been times when I didn't want to get up and go to work and was going through a tough personal time, but like seeing that there was a new flop house or how did this get made on my phone? made me excited for something. So I mean it's a, it's a I, great I know feeling. like I'm I I had a really tough November and December. Mm-hmm. Uh let's just say because the holidays are tough for everyone sure. since I'm an NPR host. Right. I can't have political opinions. Um and you had those butt problems. You know, <laughs> let's just call them butt problems. Right. Yeah. Uh and I know that for me every week I knew that I could look forward to my friends Dave and Graham on Stop Podcasting Yourself. Yeah. And that that would be a time that I would feel comfortable and peaceful and laugh and feel like the world was a good place. Yeah. It's 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 definitely nice when, you know, if if for some reason uh, listening to or watching the news would stress one out uh i don't know why again these are just all hypotheticals maybe you've got hemorrhoids i don't know uh yeah it is it is nice to just kind of have silly funny good-natured stuff to uh take a break with once in a while and definitely like that's what a lot of max fun podcasts do i know there's a lot of like max fun podcasts that are serious and talk about issues uh but i think the kind of you know unifying aesthetic is that they are all good-natured and really silly and have moments of extreme stupidity. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. And I think I, – and I, and, I, and I think that is, that is important and that's a kind of thing worth making. So Yeah. And speaking of moments of extreme stupidity. Yes. If you think that sending me Stuart Aaron 
and Travis right. to the Grand Canyon with five contest winners who've gotten free bus tickets. Yeah. And we're the... bringing their own shampoo. Exactly. Is the kind of extreme stupidity that should exist in the world. All you have to do is support this podcast and your other favorite Max Fun podcast by going to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Because I, be- I think we're going to make it to 20000 I think I'm so, too. I'm not sure, but cool, I think it's going to This happen. is a cool, cool thing. Listen, you're already getting a video of me licking my cat with a tongue brush that's coming in the mail. This brush is so weird. It's so weird. It's like a giant tongue. It disgusted like... me when I saw the video. <laughs> if you and imagine... I agreed to do it because I thought we. W- I honestly thought we wouldn't get 10000 yeah. I honestly thought it would be one of those things I could lord over people in coming pledge drives. You like, know well, how... if you don't donate, I'm not going to make a cat video. You know how a cartoon wolf, its tongue, like, flaps out of its mouth when yeah. it sees a hot hen or whatever? Yeah. If this is that, but rubber and with a cat brush on it, so you bite onto it like a boxer's mouth guard. Yes. And you go, I am going to do oh. something that will basically effectively desexualize me to any woman who is watching the video. <laughs> I am, listen, I am doing something that will make me repellent to people. Maybe even someone who is considering sleeping with me. Yeah. And then they see that fucking video and they're like, oh, no, this guy's a gross weirdo who's licking his cat with something that came in the mail. Jordan, you're a single man now, right? Yes. And forever it shall be. Yeah. I have basically cemented myself into a life of fucking loneliness because you assholes went to MaximumFun.org slash donate and donated. Uh, So, yeah. Get out there. Push it to 20,000. Why fucking not, huh? It's all over anyway. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, everybody. MaximumFun.org slash donate. The thing to do is do it now. Thanks. We'll be back in just a second. I'm Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, the Honkball King. <laughs> Jordan Morris, boy detective. I'm Guy Branham, Max Fun donor. Do you guys know about the brutality of water polo? You have this gay water polo friend. Yes, I do. I have several gay water polo friends. Gay Water polo is less a sport and more a gay fetish video. <laughs> have you guys seen Tickled? I have seen Tickled. Oh, boy. Seen Tickled. Oh. Uh, and the follow-up documentary, the, the Tickle King. Is there a follow-up documentary? There's a 20-minute thing on HBO where you can – so Tickled is a documentary that one can watch on HBO – about a journalist who, for a fluff piece for the local news in New Zealand, wants to do a story about uh, uh, competitive endurance tickling. And it leads into a tangled web of blackmail. It's fascinating. It's really, really good. Uh, yeah, I, I know it's 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 frustrating because I'm not talking more about it, but you should watch it and watch it unfold. Yeah. Uh, and you get a little 20-minute uh, uh, afterward called The Tickle King that is uh, a, a better end to the movie, I think. And then the Tickle Master recently passed away. He did, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, the subject of, you know, uh, yeah, definitely watch this thing. It's great. From Twitter, all I There's a really, lot of good tickling in it. All I really know about it from Twitter is that that man deserved to die. <laughs> That's... Uh, no, don't we all? Yeah, that's but true. We all, Jesse, we all should get it. You think that water polo is just a similar scam? Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, like my my uncle was a competitive water polo player. I I never talked to him about it. He died when I was young, but I talked to my father about it, and he said, "You know, your uncle was a competitive water polo player. All they do is hurt each other's dicks and <laughs> balls. <laughs> like the main thing that happens is they 
like splash around on top of the water and try and kick or grab each other's scrotes under the water mm. to hurt each other. So that because you can't call fouls because it's underwater, you can't see what's happening, and so they just try to grab balls. That's like a a like the two things you have to have to be a professional water polo player or a competitive water polo player are incredible endurance, physical endurance to be able to tread water for hours on end. And Tiny, swim. ungrabbable balls. And, yeah, or steel balls. <laughs> yeah, one of the two, yeah. Yeah, or a natural protective shield of some kind. Mm-hmm. That is fucking horrifying to me. The idea that this sport involves ball brutality. What if we get a new generation of trans men taking over men's water polo because oh, wow. they are essentially unstoppable down there. Because right, they're ballless. Yeah. They've got the testosterone for the physical strength. Uh, have you have you seen that that little boy in um in Texas? No. Uh, so like there's a trans boy in Texas who's on the wrestling team and they were like, You can't wrestle boys. It's wrong and like he's on testosterone and they were like, You can't wrestle boys and, In Texas? And so They're they, usually super chill about that. They, Texas They made him go and wrestle girls and so he is crushing <laughs> left and right. <laughs> and it's this really awkward situation that they've sort of like forced him into which uh, is terrible, but he's a great wrestler. <laughs> yeah, I th- feel like the most impressive, the single most impressive person at my high school, and there were a lot of like super mm-hmm. talented people who went to Juilliard and stuff. That was pretty impressive. But the most impressive person was this girl named Catherine Tweedy. And Catherine Tweedy transferred from some really in- academically intensive, famous public high school in Northern Virginia, and she was she, her family had moved to San Francisco. They were disappointed with the academics at my high school, which were abysmal, <laughs> admittedly, uh, were laughable. Uh, and so she just needed somewhere to pour her type one intensity into. And there were no sports teams at my high school. But you could go to another high school and play on their sports team if you chose and that school allowed you to. So she went to another high school and just played on the boys' wrestling team. Oh, awesome. And just and I don't know, was she good at it? I don't know. But the amount of human ferocity required <laughs> to be a 16-year-old girl who's like, fuck it, I'm wrestling dudes, <laughs> that is incredible to me. Um, at my high school, a girl tried to wrestle and there was only a boys wrestling team and, um, they just told her she couldn't because she had different parts of her body that would get hurt specially. Mm. And it was like only years later that I discovered that title nine existed and there was (laughs) a magical journey of things that my small farm town in Northern California high school had just completely ignored federal law in dozens of magical ways. The main similar issue at my arts high school in the theater department uh, was that the girls were annoyed that they had to put metal cups on their boobs in order to do fencing. <laughs> <laughs> the cups were cold and sure, made their yeah. boobs cold. <laughs> to warm up the cups by blowing all, or rubbing on them before they t- let them touch their boobs. I love the idea of having an amazing stage fighting program. <laughs> yeah. 
We did. A lot of balestra puntos <laughs> were going on at School of the Arts in San Francisco. What is a balestra punto? It's like a fencing move. All right. It's like where you, you know, in fencing you have your one foot sort of perpendicular, your front foot perpendicular your back, to your back foot. Uh-huh. And regular fencing happens on a line, yeah. generally. But then some kinds of regular foil fencing, like for the Olympics or whatever, happens on a line. So you can only go forward and backward, I think. Yeah. But for stage combat, that doesn't apply. So this move is like, it's basically you jump sideways, and then you jump at a 45-degree angle, then you jump at a 45-degree angle back and stick the person. So you you're break the line by going out of the line and then over. Artsy 15-year-olds probably hate that. Oh, <laughs> it, is, it is a joy. And it's a weird, it's a weird like, balletic frog jump, as you can imagine, with, like, a lunge at the end. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, real, it's a real hoot. Wonderful. Yeah, it's a hoot. I, you know. How does it compare to Afro-Haitian dance? Maybe it's not as much of a hoot as Afro-Haitian dance. You're learning great songs. You have that shirtless drummer. Have I ever talked about the shirtless drummers in my Afro-Haitian dance class? You have, yes. Your Afro-Haitian dance class in high school? Mm-hmm. You would have enjoyed you would have enjoyed these shirtless as a as a man who loves men guy. Yes. You would have enjoyed these shirtless drummers as I think my Afro-Haitian dance And the art of dance. Did. Like, sort of like a guy who plays hand drums is not a reliable type of guy. <laughs> and so it was just this continuing cycle <laughs> of beautiful, completely cut, shirtless guys in those kind of white, balloony linen pants. Wonderful. Also known as like a capoeira pant. Broadly yeah. speaking, a capoeira pant. Uh, with, you know, with their dreadlocks tied back. And their their muscles pulsing as they played hand drums in our Afro Afro Haitian dance class. That sounds like a good time. I'm gonna say there was eight, probably eight different ones in my four years of high school. Yeah, I went to a weird high school. In retrospect, if something momentous happens to you, like you get a new shirtless, muscled hand drummer in your Afro Haitian dance class, we ask you to call us for our segment "Momentous Occasions," just as these people have. Daniel Baruela, give us our first call. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. Hi, possible guest, and hello, beautiful sunny day. It's uh, Alan calling you from Savannah. Um, I recently received an anonymous letter from an employee of the Major League Baseball Association um, who wanted me to ask you guys something, more like to tell you guys something, and it's definitely a momentous occasion. So I'm going to read this letter from him directly to you guys. And uh, you can do with it what you'd like. If you want to put it on there, it's all up to you. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, and Sunny D. I'm relaying my moment this occasion through our good friend Al. I can't even say my own name. I shouldn't call in myself because this is something that might be heavily frowned upon by my employer, but it's too good not to share. Pause, pause the call for a second. I think Alan is Loth Reaper. So okay. I think Loth Reaper okay. is a famous... Jordan Jesse Go listener. Oh, okay. He's legendary from coast to coast and all the ships at sea. Yeah. <laughs> and I think what's happened here is that a whistleblower okay. has contacted us through Lothreeper. So he's sort of the Woodward and Bernstein to this MLB Players Association's deep throat. At this point in time, our democracy hinges on the bravery of these whistleblowers. Exactly. And the bravery of Lothreeper. Yeah. While sitting in my office, I heard an announcement that the one and only Oakland A's great Raleigh Fingers was at the ballpark. 
Jordan, if you don't know who Raleigh Fingers is, he basically looks like a real-life Waluigi. I walked as quickly as I could over to where he was and asked if he'd sign a baseball for my friend Jesse, who's a diehard A's fan. He said, sure, and I asked, do you think you could put a little something extra on there for me? Could you put two Jesse, let's punch a blimp, Raleigh Fingers? He said, punch a what? A blimp? Punch a blimp? No. I don't do any of that weird stuff. How about best wishes? I told him that would be great, and he handed me the ball and said, I put go A's on there, too. I said, thank you, Mr. Fingers, and got his handler to take a quick picture of us for posterity. So, yeah, Hall of Famer Raleigh Fingers coming your way, Jesse. Let's punch a blimp. And that's from an anonymous employee of the Major League Baseball Association, and he asked me to read that to you. Love you guys. I hope you have a great day. Bye. We love you, too, very much. Get out. That is... That's really nice. And I think that is a really good description of Raleigh Fingers. He is certainly the Major League Baseball Hall of Famer most likely to be mistaken for Waluigi. <laughs> and it's nice. And I think definitely this, let this be a lesson to everybody out there. Go out there and confuse the elderly with nonsense you heard on a podcast. <laughs> I I would I would love it. Get out there and don't not just baseball greats. Sure. I mean, sure. If you run into Carl Yastrzemski, yeah. holler at him. Tell him, hey, Yaz. What a wonderful lesson about hard and soft boundaries. You would yeah. think that our elders would not understand it, but that was a person who said, hey, you've made a request of me. I'm not comfortable with it. I'm not going to do that. But here's what we can do. And, yeah. you know, that's for any of our creative or improvisational play, be it on a stage or in a bedroom, let's learn from Mr. Fingers. <laughs> He actually uh, got his name from his creative and inspirational play <laughs> in a bedroom. Uh, let's take one more call. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guests. This is Nathan in Louisville. Can you pause uh, this call, Daniel? I just want to say Nathan in Louisville is my new favorite caller. <laughs> Sorry, Van from Colorado. Nathan, what, where was Van from? Van was from Alabama. Yeah, Van, he was moving to Colorado, I he think. He was moving to yeah. Colorado. Sorry, Van, you're out. Nathan's in. This sounds like the kind of chill dude I could sit back, <laughs> relax, and blaze a dube with. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guests. This is Nathan in Louisville. Uh, I just had a moment. I don't know if it was momentous or I need a garaba, but I was walking to the bodega. And a car was driving down the street towards me, and it started swerving, and then a man dove out of the passenger side while it was moving and did like a tuck and roll in the street. He got up, he dusted himself off, he lit a cigarette, and then he ran away through two buildings and down an alley. And then the car that he was in came to a halt. A woman jumped out and screamed and started chasing him, and she was in her pajamas, and as she was running, her uh, bosoms came out the sleeves of her shirt so that they were hanging out the armpit area. And then she disappeared after him. And then I stood in the park in stunned silence for a moment. And then an old man on a bench said, hey, you see that bitch's titties? Wow. All right. Uh, punch a blimp. Okay. I mean, I don't like this new gritty Bitty Hill reboot. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. That's a lot of shit to see in Absolutely one site. one thing. Too packed. I saw a dude, I was up in, when we were up in San Francisco for Sketchfest, I was in a car and like a car like swerved past us and around us, hit the brakes, 
a door flew open and a dude fucking straight booked out of it down uh, an alleyway. And then sirens came behind me and I was like, oh shit, I just saw a criminal escape. <laughs> it's so cool when you see a little corner of an action movie really happening. Yeah. Because we've all got all these action movie tropes in our heads, but you don't get to use them most of the time. But some people do use them. And that's cool. Yeah, I'm going to throw you through a plate glass window later. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, sure. It uh, even had that story even had a capper. Yeah, right. It had a right. Uh although, you know, a we, misogynistic we could, we could one. probably yeah, we could probably make that a le- little less problematic, but we'll do that in punch up. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll just have the guy say it's a living or something. Yeah. We'll what? just we'll what? just have Dax, Dax Shepard come in and throw in a little gay panic. <laughs> Why can't a woman say, Hey, did you see that bitch's titties? Sure. We Thank go. you. Yeah. Thank you. God, you know what? How about of, what if a woman came in and said, hey, did you see that bitch? She was really strong and brave. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Jordan, you deserve a golden globe for courage. Mm, no, 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 no. For courage. Listen. Hollywood should celebrate Hollywood. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter... What gender you are. It doesn't matter what religion you are. We are all storytellers. Well, also, Jesse, you know what's really important is that uh, white, male, heterosexual, cisgendered people represent the stories of different races. Let us, let, let us, trust us with your story. Yeah. Trust us. If I don't do it, who will? Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) I've got the microphone and I'm not afraid to use it, guy. I'm standing up for people, no matter what their race is. And let's be clear, I don't know what race they are. Okay? I just want to say, you have the tools at hand to do an unlicensed Hidden Figures radio play with the three of us. That that is something that I think would be so powerful, so inspirational, Mm. um, such a great story to tell. Um, MacGuffins, Save the Cat. (laughs) I mean, I think we we will get to it, but we're going to do my Asian Iron Fist one first, because that's a story that needs to be told. Yeah, like like an example of that guy. It's a radio play, so like an example of that, Jordan, you play Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. So you, I'll, I'll be like a shopkeeper. Sure. You uh, come in. Hello, it's me, Iron Fist, a strong Asian man and a, and a, and a positive role model. Yeah, would you like to buy something Asian? Is just an example sure. <laughs> of the kind of like because it's important for young Asian audio drama listeners to recognize themselves mm-hmm. in stories. Yeah. That's why white men like us need to stand up. You know, <laughs> I'm not afraid to cross racial boundaries, no matter how different or less than those races might be. <laughs> you know. I'm a little sleepy from being this brave, Jesse. I know. It's been a long day of bravery. I know. We've had so much courage today, so much inspiration, so much storytelling. Mm. You know, it's been so great to have you here, Guy, gathered around the fire with mm. us, just like a bunch of cavemen. It's or- where it all started, Jesse. It's where it all started. Yeah. And I'm so proud of you for coming in here, sharing your story. Um, not making anyone uncomfortable, mm. really affirming that we all believe in the same things roughly and vaguely, <laughs> um, not making us give up anything that we already mm. have. 
I, I never went too graphic with any of the references to my homosexuality. Yeah. It was more like a fun game than a thing that involves dude putting things in other dudes. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate that. I love the idea of homosexuality. Um, and I don't think that it is practiced. And I can't prove that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it is. And I really appreciate a true testimony towards that from you, Guy. That's fair, Jesse. That's Guy, fair. you're the... Asexual homosexual that I've always wanted to incorporate <laughs> into my storytelling. Um, it's weird how much like everyone like uh, we do internalize this sense that you have to keep it hidden behind the veil. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, he guy is wearing a literal veil. <laughs> <laughs> looks beautiful on you. I've gorgeous. had a bit of an outbreak, and I just need I just need a sense of mystery. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, I wear a veil whenever I watch the movie Outbreak. <laughs> um, Scary. Outbreak. Like, I just love Outbreak, Contagion. I love any of the movies about a disease spreading. Sure. But my favorite of all of those movies, Jesse, would you like to hazard a guess at all? My favorite melodrama of disease spreading say Philadelphia. And the band played on. <laughs> <laughs> it is the thing. Of, it's just as good as Outbreak, but it's also a sure. horrible story of a real life thing. <laughs> is there like a, is there like a, no, I haven't seen this movie. Is there a, uh, is there like a senator or something who wants to like firebomb their apartment? Oh, it's, it's so, it has the same kind of prologue as mm-hmm. Contagion, I think, of like, we're in the Ebola River Valley and we're seeing what this really happens sure. in uh, in Africa. And then you're back in the United States and uh, Lily Tomlin plays a no-nonsense public health worker. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Lily Tomlin, can I tell you a secret about Lily Tomlin? Yes. Extremely limber. <laughs> Lily Tomlin was in here. She was she was high stepping all over everywhere. She folded herself right up into the rocket ship. I can barely fit in there. Amazing. Did Woman's she, like seventy five years old. Did you get David O. Russell stories? No, I should have got David O. Russell mm, stories. I get them. Here's the thing about David O. Russell stories. We're we're almost done with this show, but I love the movie Three Kings so much that I feel bad hearing David O. Russell stories because it appears that he's a monster human. And I f- then feel bad for loving Three Kings so much when I was 17. I would have identified him as one of my favorite directors until I learned anything about him as a human being. Like, Spanking the Monkey, so good. Three Kings, so good. Uh, flirting, flirting with, with disaster. disaster. Yeah. I mean, the, like, they're just such good movies, uh, like, up to Iron Huckabees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and then you find out, like, oh, no, he, he is toxic masculinity in human form. Guys, I think the moral here... Never learn anything about anyone. True. Yeah. So certainly don't learn anything about us because it's Max Fun Drive time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Please do not look into it. Gonna f- all you're going to find is a video of Jordan licking a cat. Yep. I wish I hadn't agreed to that. Anyway. Uh, Guy Branham, the host of Talk Show, The Game Show, coming up in April on True TV. It is so – I've seen it. It is so hilarious. I've seen the television show. Mm-hmm. So hilarious. Can't recommend it enough. Also, the host of Pop Rocket right here on Maximum Fun. Right here on Maximum Fun. What what, what kind of thing has been coming up on Pop Rocket? Toxic masculinity. Uh, uh, Actually, last week we talked about lesbians and TV and movies. Uh, This week we are looking back 20 years in music to this music that was coming out in 1997. By the way, Christian Duenas was at the computer. Christian Duenas, who I think is 16. (laughs) 
Um, he was sitting at the computer listing songs that came out 20 years ago. And I've, I've never had a vivid one of those I'm so old moments yes. until I realized the kids don't know who Chumbawamba is. <laughs> yeah, okay. Chumbawamba was no. the one. Is that I it? was like fucking Chumbawamba. Then all oh, that was like 14. No, that really was 20 years mm-hmm. ago. BuzzFeed did a video where they showed high school students today music of like 20 years ago and everything. They were like, what is this? I don't know. I don't like this. To like great pop songs. The only song that they universally agreed was an amazing song. Tub thumping by Chumpawump. Uh, they were all just like, that's a good song. <laughs> well, that's the thing. We're out there and you I know, personally don't think teenagers should be having whiskey drinks or cider drinks. <laughs> so Barbie Girl was discussed that came out ah. twenty years ago, which is a brutally terrible song. Um I know it's squarely up up your alley yes. guy. Swedish pop always works for me. But uh the song that came out twenty years ago that I unambiguously like I actually think had I not heard Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba 75 million times 20 years ago, I would probably enjoy that song. I think it's a good song. But the song that I, even having heard it 75 million times 20 years ago, that I will ride for until I die is Mbop. I think Mbop that is a song. fucking great sure. song. Sure. I, have, yeah. I think even now, like I put it on when I came up, I listened to it and I was like, yeah, this is still fucking great. Mm-hmm. Like. Probably would be a, a little better if the drum track wasn't trying to be a shitty hip hop song. <laughs> but besides that, like pretty much a perfect pop song. Also, the thing of what we learned from the Jackson 5 is if you squeeze the childhood innocence out of them for just one pop song and then let them run off to the woods of uh, Arkansas and become ministers, they get to be human beings. It's <laughs> if you try to squeeze all of the youthful joy out of them yeah. that you turn them into monsters. Well, I mean, they made that Christmas album shut in with Hanson or whatever it was mm. called. But, was, yeah, you know, I think, I, I think they left enough humanity in them that they could retreat to Oklahoma get married, and then start doing songwriting fantasy camps with Weird Al and Andrew W.K. <laughs> oh, Hanson. Thumbs up for Hanson. That's what I say. Um, okay, that's it. That's the end of our last Max Fun Drive show of 2017. Thanks to everyone who has donated. You are a wonderful human being. We will see you on our live show Friday night. Just go to MaximumFun.org for information about that. Um, it is going to be a blast. It's not just us, but uh, stars from across the Max Fun firmament. You're going to be there. Yeah, guy? I will be there. You're going to be doing pop rocketing. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to be doing, but I will be there on time. I was very late today. <laughs> I heard. I heard. Just heard Karen Kilgariff is going to be there. Ooh. Ooh, I know. I think she's going to be there with the uh, Lady to Ladies. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun to me. Uh, you can watch that live streaming on Friday night. Just go to maximumfun.org for all the information. Uh, put that in your calendar. And one final appeal. If you want Guy Branham to uh, have money to travel from water polo tournament to water polo, <laughs> wa- polo tournament, uh, if you want uh, Jordan Jesse Go to continue, this is your shot to do it. Go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. With your help, we can send me, Travis McElroy, Aaron Gibson, and Stuart Wellington to the Grand Canyon to record Yanni Live at the Acropolis 2. Live at the Grand Canyon without Yanni. Do you haven't heard about this yet, guy? No. You were in the car. This is what we're doing if we get twenty thousand donors. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, we're recording a live show on Burroughs at the Grand Canyon. That's amazing. And we will we'll be bringing five listeners via air-conditioned buses. We guarantee air conditioning. 
uh, putting them up at the finest two-star motel in all of the greater Grand Canyon area and uh, inviting them to come join us uh, for the show. I think it's going to be a real extravaganza. Hey, and Aaron Gibson and Travis McElroy, now television stars, if you count CISO as television. I know. That is absolutely (laughs) true. I do. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly television in the sense that I'm not on it. Uh, so go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. And if you're already a donor, thank you so much. And do spread the word. Shame your friends on social media. Use the hashtag MaxFunDrive. Um, we've been having so much fun. I want to mention one thing here, Jordan. Yes. Hashtag JJGoBigHat going on right now. We have selected 10 finalists. There are some truly spectacular finalists here, Jordan. Uh, first, we got at an urban neurotic. Uh, which is Miss Bowser. She has a lovely summer boy-themed big hat. It's a kiddie pool. It's got a summer Elmo in it, and it is big. Wow. Heather has a truly spectacular actual hat. Did, there's this, Of course, there's, there's the hat that looks like a piano. We already mm-hmm. got that hat. Uh, we've got, Jesus Christ, this looks like a giant, is this guy vaping? Oh boy! Yeah, it, this is yeah. This looks three. like he's he's vaping or hitting some sort of pipe. Uh, he's got a giant sheet tube on his head, uh, and it looks in a very dank garage. Yeah, uh, this there's is a... at N Kaufman Big Hat. This guy has what appears to be a lighter than air hat. His name's Ben. Uh, yes, he says it is filled with helium. It's I like, mean yeah, that like a giant that snake, is a sort a giant of snake. Let's coming punch out of a blimp head. inspired hat. Um. He put in a whole fucking application here. Uh, a woman named Wendy. Uh, what the fuck is this? She just has branches attached to her head. Yeah. This or is, is, that a, is that her husband? It's uh, it's hard to see through the branches. Yeah. So it's a he 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 or she is in a kind of a a kind of a, a bramble cage. Uh, it's yeah, this it's one's very creepy. foreboding. This one looks like something out of um, origami birds. Apparently, what's a, what's that movie called with the fawn? Oh, sure. Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth. It's a real Pan's it's like Labyrinth. like a real hat. nightmare. Uh, oh, well, I like number seven, which is Anthony Brilski. Uh, he looks like he's put his head into the butt of uh, that snowman from Frozen. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's <laughs> a blue snowman. Olaf that is made entirely of blue balloons. It's, uh, uh, yeah, it's terrifying in its own way. I like that Keenan, who's number eight of our finalists, Appears to simply have inflated a bunch of balloons and tied a bed sheet around it. Yeah, it's you know it's not the most aesthetically pleasing hat, but it gets the job done. It is very big. These are all going to our blue ribbon commission, by the way, featuring <laughs> major celebrities including Jordan's mom, my mom, Boots Riley from The Coup, Gillian Jacobs from Netflix's Love, and others. <laughs> Allie McNeil as as uh, has another blimp hat. I like these blimp hats. Yeah, these are very nice. Very punchable. And the final is Steve McLaughlin. Congratulations, Steve. He's got a sort of giant Abraham Lincoln hat. All of that is in our finals. We will be announcing the winner on the JJ Go Live show on Friday night. We're going to be referring this to the Blue Ribbon Commission. We're going to say, hey, Gillian Jacobs. Hey, a real hat maker named Cody. (laughs) Which do you think is the best hat? That's how we'll find out. And a $1,000 scholarship will go to that person. Guy Branham, always a joy. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Daniel Baruela is on the boards this week. Our producer, Brian Sonny D. Fernandez. His paycheck depends on you going to MaximumFun.org slash donate. 
we will cut him loose. Okay? I'm not afraid to cut Brian loose. I won't feel that bad about it. No, I won't feel bad. I've known the guy a long time. Mm-hmm. He's given me a lot. He's, he's fine. He's a great friend. Had a nice time at his wedding. But I not only will cut him loose, I will cut him. J- Jesse, I have a question. Yeah. If Brian no longer has an income, will he eat anything? I don't think so. <laughs> no, he'll waste away. He will totally not eat anything. He won't even forage. Yeah. We'll be back next week on Jordan Jesse Go. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.